right. Oops, I pooped. Oh, I have to, what do I have to do? Oh, I have to share my computer audio. That would help. This always makes editing way more fun when I go back and listen to myself rambling as I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just trying to figure it all out. we get it youtube it's copyrighted music whatever take our money hi the daily news marshall ferguson at tsn underscore marsh mike daily at daily news eight we are brought to you by fox 40 start your season off right with products from our partners at fox 40 outfit your coaching staff with custom logo fox 40 whistles gear coaching boards and more visit fox40shop.com and use the code cfp15 at checkout for 15 percent off of your entire order. That's 15%. Mike Daly, what would you do with 15% off of your Fox 40 order? Well, I could at least get another 100 whistles and oh, yeah. then it'd be an absolute party in my house. That's what I'd do. <laughs> the kids love the whistles and the noise makers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why we don't have any in our house. Exactly. And maybe we'll put in an order for when they're older. We'll see, we'll see when that happens. <laughs> yeah. But uh, coming up on today's episode of the Daily News, we have a very special guest, uh, it is Vernon Adams Jr., the quarterback of the Montreal Alouettes, as uh, Mike Daly is able to reach out and pull all the strings and get all these starting quarterbacks around the East Division to come and hang out with us. I wanted to ask you, Mike, here to tee up this interview. One of the first people when we said we were going to start doing this podcast that you mentioned was, hey, I, I'm pretty sure VA would want to come on and we can talk with him. You knew you wanted to talk to VA right away. And full transparency, we've already done the interview. The guy was amazing, electric, mm -hmm. entertaining, insightful. I really think people are going to enjoy this interview. But why did you feel so strongly so early on? Hey, if we're going to do this, VA is a guy we have to get. He's just from when I was his teammate um, and just seeing how everybody around the league looks at him. He's just such a good guy. And to see him come into his own now right from bouncing around between a couple of teams and you know really trying to find his way in the CFL like we talked about before it's it's hard for American quarterbacks to do but he's found his way but he's also done it making just a huge impact on every team that he's touched right even if he's played or if he hasn't people love rooting for him he's just such a good dude and you know he plays with so much emotion so I knew for sure that he'd be a guy we'd want to get on just to hear his perspective on stuff and just kind of introduce that side of him to whoever hasn't seen it. And that's why I was excited to get him on. And it was an awesome interview. He, he's great. There's an interesting part in this interview too, where he calls out young Marshall Ferguson for being a stupid, <laughs> ang angry person. And I'll, I'll mention this as well, that VA was a really important lesson for me in media coverage of the CFL. And the reason that I say that is in 2018, in the training camp that we talk about, about in this interview, where it's Manziel, it's Dane Evans, it's Masoli, it's uh, VA and Brian Moniz, all five of these guys, legitimate quarterbacks, like given the right situation, the right team, the right system, as we talked about in the Manziel game episode, more time, any of them could have found their way and played at a high level. But I wrote VA off. 
And the reason that I did that was we were doing the show from inside the McMaster, uh, basically dining hall where you guys were at each morning. So we were doing our morning radio show, Kyle Mello and myself. And I remember like watching camp and I was trying, this is, <laughs> I remember Glenn Suter laughing at me for this. Um, I tracked every throw in competitive periods of that training camp. And the reason for that is like, I'm never going to cover probably another Johnny Manziel training camp in my life where I'm on the location and I can just find out who is this guy and how good is he actually. So I started going through and looking at kind of, you know, it gets through day five, day six, day seven. I actually wrote an article on CFL.ca that has all the target charts and information from that training camp if you want to dig it up and find it. But VA was, he was bottom of the pile, right? Like I, I was watching his reps and watching his footwork and his timing and his accuracy was way off. And then I'm in the dining hall and he's there first thing in the morning and he's like bouncing around and he's, he's like such a high energy guy, but it just seemed like he was such a loose cannon. And then I'm just reading a book by its cover and I'm going, well, he's BC and he didn't work in then Montreal and then Saskatchewan. And then he can't even do short yards in Saskatchewan because he's too skinny. And then he's Hamilton. He's like the fourth guy. And then, and like, I'm looking at that and I remember thinking this guy's never going to do anything in this league. Like, he's just the talented Oregon quarterback that came from Eastern Washington that has this great pedigree and great athleticism. And it's just going to be wasted because he's never going to figure out how to play quarterback in the CFL. Holy shit, I was wrong. Like, I watch him now. And yeah, there's still things to work on and refine. But he was such an important lesson for me of if you give these guys a little bit of time and if they find a head coach like Ahari Jones that really understands them, man, like that, that can be the key that opens their futures. And now when I see a young quarterback coming up, you know, even uh, Taylor Cornelius, I killed for most of the year just because I didn't really love his skill set. It was like, I should probably learn from the VA thing when I'm doing my quarterback analysis that yeah, totally different players and playing styles, but Taylor Cornelius probably needs some time, some understanding. He needs the right people around him because once VA got that man, man, it took off in Montreal, didn't it? Yeah, and you should really see it happening, right? And you know, kind of right before he got hurt of last year. Yeah. Um, it was they were rolling and they were exciting to watch. And like you said, they were putting the ball in the air a bunch, and you know, they had two leading receivers in the CFL. And I know their, you know, their average catch was way above everybody else in terms of yardage. It was it was cool to see, right? And it's cool to see their offense kind of growing uh, into VA skill set and stand back skill set. And um, yeah, you're right. It's it's timing. It's the coach. It's the place. It's that's everything that football is. It's opportunity. It's timing. And you know, VA was just such a good teammate that I think that helped them stick around long enough for someone to be like, hey, this guy can actually play. Yeah. And now you're seeing them, which is cool. Weirdest thing I think I've ever experienced. There was a lot of fun, weird things in that 2018 season because June Jones was there. But between Jones and Glanville and Manziel and all of that stuff, uh, I mean, you lived right in the middle of it, obviously. But from, a, again, a media angle on this was when we figured out, yeah, towards the end of camp, you guys go into Tim Hortons Field to start your preseason prep and, and getting ready for the actual kickoff of the year. And it's like, VA is taking some receiver reps and stuff, and we don't really know what's happening. And then we asked June, and June just comes in, never hear this from a head coach. June just walks out in front of the camera. He's like, yeah, we're trying to trade him. 
Like, yeah, we, he's like, we're, I'm pretty sure we're going to get rid of him. Yeah, we, you know, he's probably just not a good fit. We don't have room on the roster and we don't want to. And we were all like, what? Like, and then he like doesn't show up one day and it turns out he was just getting treatment or something. But on the, of course the media were like, oh, now oh he's like, God. yeah, now yeah. he's like holding out because he's angry that the coach came out and called him out and said, he's not going to be part of the team and all this stuff. And it's like, there's so much learning to be had in that on my side of things, right? It was like, June came out and was trying to extend an olive branch to him, but was just being honest where he was saying, yeah, you know what? I think Dane is our guy. I think we're going to run with Johnny for now. Uh, we feel really comfortable with, with Masoli as our starter, but he still believed that Vernon was going to be really good elsewhere. And and if you talk to June today, he'll probably tell you, if you gave me Vernon and said goodbye, sayonara, I appreciate you to Masoli, Dane, and Manziel. I mean, VA in June's offense probably would have figured it out pretty quickly with Speedy running that X, wouldn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And and like you said, it's, you know, June, and that's the way it goes as they look and he goes, well, it's just not going to work out here, yeah. right? And that's why, well, the first thing we'll do is we'll trade because everybody knows, okay, it might not work out here, but could work out over there. And I mean, kudos to VA, man, for sticking it out. And that's not easy to go through if you get traded a couple times, right? Like, he got traded a bunch of times and then to switch teams and then, you know, kind of play here, kind of play there, stick it out, keep coming in to Canada to play, right. Leaving his family every year and, you know, only seeing them a bit, that's not easy. So when you see somebody stick it out like that and then it pan out the way it is for him right now, I just, you can't help but root for him, man. Yeah. And, and it's cool to see. And I think that's kind of what everybody realizes is that he had such a positive attitude through all of that. I mean, it's, he's a different kind of cat. That's for yeah, sure. Absolutely. Well, we hope that you enjoy this as much as we did having the conversation with him. Here is Vernon Adams Jr. of the Montreal Alouettes. All right. VA, what's going on, man? How you doing? Man, I'm doing good, man. How y'all doing? Fantastic, man. Better that you're here. That's for sure. Yeah. Hey, I, I, uh, I did want to say something. To introduce you, it was, it was my first, like, pro moment where I was like, okay, these quarterbacks are something different than what I'm used to in university because in training camp, I mean, you might not remember this in training camp. I think a bunch of receivers went down when you were with us with the cats, bunch of receivers went down and I was sitting there and we were just kind of shooting the shit. And, uh, and you go, Hey, I'll go play receiver. Mm -hmm. I like look over. I'm like, we're not going to let him play receiver, are we? <laughs> and sure enough, you hopped right in there. And you started playing receiver. And I remember talking, I forget who I was talking to at the time. That was so long ago. But I was like, man, I think VA could make this, make this team easily as a receiver. Yeah. And that was, that was my first moment where I was like, yeah, this is, this is different up here. But it turns out that you were just a different athlete, I think. But that was my first introduction to, to VA was you going out there and being like, you know what? I'll play receiver and being cool with it and doing well at it too. And I was like, sheesh, man, this is crazy. Yeah, man. I definitely remember that. Um, you know, we had a stacked QB room. I was talking about this the other day, man. That was the most like stacked QB room I've ever been in. Uh, Jeremiah Masoli, Dane Evans, uh, Johnny came and Brian Moniz, you know, he was a, a, a good QB at Hawaii too. You know what I'm saying? And, we were just stacked, man. And like you said, some of the receivers went down. I said, hey, 
if I'm not getting too much of opportunity at QB, let me come over here and play receiver and try to make some plays there. So, you know me, I just want to get on the field and help out as, uh, any way I can, really. That's your definition of the athlete position, yes, that's sir. for sure. Yes, what, Mike, do you remember what the what the play was, the route was, that you were like, oh, my God, he's such a better athlete than the people I'm used to dealing with? <laughs> no, I can't remember the specific – I can't remember the specific I'm, route, I'm but I just remember – I'm imagining you would like free and he's running down the seam. All of a sudden you turn your head like, why is he? <laughs> hey, well, you know what's crazy? I got the film. I got the film. We were doing two minute drill. We were at McMaster. We were doing two minute drill. And it was the ones because Masoli was in and I was at X. Speedy B was just taking his day, kind of chilling for the, for, you know, he was chilling. And I scored the winning touchdown. I think I want to say it was on Jamal Road, but I ain't going to put him out there like that. But, <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna send y'all a film after this on Twitter. I'm gonna send it to y'all. Y'all gonna see. So, we yeah. need that. We're gonna we'll put that on. Yeah, and we'll share. If, oh, it's, yeah. if it's roll, then we'll give him a chance to defend himself. <laughs> and then that's, yeah. that's about it. It might have been. I'm not sure though. I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, was, that's awesome. That's awesome. But hey, you know what is? And the the cool thing about that is, and you can still see it happening now, is just the type of dude you are. Because in order to do that and kind of your thought process right there, like we had a stack QB room, you know what? Speedy B's taking a little break. I'll go. That kind of what I kind of see as it's as your career's gone on, right? And just being an outsider perspective and game prepping for you and all that stuff is that shows up. That shows up. And now what you can see is, you know, what Montreal was before and what you and Kari and you know a bunch of other people have molded it to I think it has like a little bit of a feeling of your personality on it and and maybe I'm right maybe I'm wrong with that but it's almost like that culture is built you know maybe from you maybe from Kari maybe from a, a little bit of both but that's what I kind of see is that you know you've taken that you know what I'll do whatever I'm here to win and that's all I want to do whatever I got to do to do it that's what is going to happen and you can kind of see that now and that's what makes you guys so fun to watch you know what i mean it's so fun to play against is it's you see that show up whether it's on the field whether it's on the sideline and and am i right am i wrong is can you feel that culture changing you definitely are hitting it right on the head man and it starts with kahari man all the way like he's the guy he literally is like epic next play like like so what like i remember one week i threw like literally seven or eight picks in that whole week. And we were playing Ottawa and Kahari called up everybody at the end of the practice on of day three. And he like, man, I don't give a dang how many interceptions Vernon throw. Like we still behind him and we're going to go out there and make plays. Went out there and played Ottawa. We won 57 or 51 to like 13. It was like my best game of the season. That, you know, I've and, actually broken down each of your games through the year, VA, and that was your best game of the year like that in terms of the overall taking the percentiles of the completions and the attempts and the yardage and the yards per attempt and the t- mm-hmm. it was like that was your that was your game and like you guys yes. went went into ottawa i believe too right yes sir went into ottawa did that and that was the, i had the worst practice week that week and kahari just like screw it like let's go man it doesn't matter next play next play he said he should throw a pick and be like eh, like let's go what i'm gonna do next like it's just the the move on, you know, what I'm saying? not looking in the rearview mirror and just having fun with it. A lot of us, a lot of these guys, especially the American players, we're far from home, man. I'm all the way from Cali. I live in Seattle now. So I'm literally on the opposite side, you know, so I can be here 
you know, depressed about my injury or depressed about not getting as many reps or complaining about this, complaining about that. And then still having family stuff going on and got to deal with that. Like, I'm not here for it. When I'm on that field, man, it brings me so much joy. I'm just so blessed to be here be playing this long and just continue to play. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, I just want to help the team however I can. Again, that energy starts with Kahari. Just saying, just have fun. Just go out there and, and do your thing. That's it. And that's the biggest thing, man. Like, as, you know, as a player, that's to have a coach that's, you know what? What's mistakes are going to happen and that's, what's going to happen. We're just going to move on to have somebody like that. Because I mean, you know, you, you've kind of jumped a few teams and you've seen it good and bad. Right. And so have I coaches come in good and bad. And when you find coaches where it's like, you're, you know, you're teetering on that edge on that cliff, every single action you do, you're not playing to your full potential. You know what I mean? So then also boom, you land it with Kari and then to see what goes on. I mean, you guys are really starting to mold as an offense and what you were doing before you got hurt right at the end of that. Like it was, it was incredible to see what, you know, you, Jake, Eugene were able to do a stand back, like, and just how your offense was coming together. But that's, that's the thing. Like once you find that coach that allows you to, you know what, let's, it's okay if we make a couple of mistakes because guess what? We're all in this. We're all going to get better. And that's, you know, that's, I think what we're seeing with Montreal and, you know, hopefully that continues for you guys, but it's, it's really an incredible thing. Once you find a coach like that, after being, you know, jump around kind of seeing some coaches, maybe not quite that way, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And that, and that's facts that, you know, just bringing the fun to the game, having fun again. And that's what Kari is about having fun. He's a player coach. But he also he means business as well. You know what I'm saying? We're not going to just be slacking off. You know, he he means business, but he's all about having fun with it as well. And like you said, that culture, man, and we're we got a new culture over there. We're trying to keep it as that winning culture. Now we got to take those next steps and finally try to get past y'all tiger cats, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, believe we got to get past y'all. So, so yeah, it's always it's always fun. I love playing Coach Mark Washington, man. He just. He's such, he always be trying, it's like we're playing chess and he's always messing with me and got you safeties moving around and stuff. And I'm like, I love it. I love <laughs> I love the rivalry and I just, it, it's awesome, man. But yeah, definitely just trying to change back into that winning culture, how they were when they were winning those great cups. And um, yeah, that's it, man. We got the guys to do it. Like this offense, we've been together about two, three, three years now going together. Me and Gino going on four, you know, so uh, we're ready. We're ready to take those next steps. I'm just distraught that you ended up because of the injury. We didn't get a VA snow game in the hammer. I was like, <laughs> oh man, it would have been so much fun to make you running around with guys sliding left, right. I'm like, you're going to have to pull out the Eastern Washington cleats in that one, aren't you? Oh yeah, definitely, man. And that was definitely, that was, that was a tough one, man. Uh, man, we started off first half was good, man. And then y'all, y'all brought it together and uh, did what y'all supposed to do in the second half. So Definitely a good one. Hurt watching it from the sideline. But, yeah, we'll we get that opportunity again. Yeah, for sure. And, I, man, you touched on it because I actually – I wanted to talk about this to – you know, I try to talk to a, about it with a bunch of people, but you keep hearing all these things online about, like, oh, offenses are down, scoring is down, offense efficiency is down. And then you see what you did just recently with getting some of your guys out for a workout – you know what I mean? And getting that week going. So first of all, let's start there. How was that to get that workout, get people involved, be around them again, you know, throw with them, get timing. 
Is that absolutely key, you think, for the offseason? I think it is. And I don't know if you 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 were I believe you were in the league when they used to do the mini camps in Florida and uh, Dodger Town, Florida. They all the teams used to go down there in three, four days and have a good time, um, you know, get that get those reps in a month before camp and see where you are. So that's how I kind of look at it. I'm like, and this is like this is my fourth time doing this in the last three years. We did it twice in the COVID year that got canceled, and then we did it 2021, and then we did it this year. So I'm just, yeah, man. Last year we were pretty explosive in offense, man, and I feel like that maybe helped because the off season was longer than normal. You know, we did the mini camp in like. I think in like May or something. And then we reported to camp in July. So, you know, uh, I just felt like it brings us together. We bond off the field as well. So, you know, we're getting to know each other, having little Bible studies and uh, eating dinner and, and getting to know each other better, you know, especially when we got new guys like Hergie and Dom coming in and we just want to welcome them to the family, you know, and with, with open arms. And so getting to know those guys and uh, yeah, man, I think, I think it's good, man. And I hope the CFL can go back to that. I guess I'm spending my own money, but uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Or, or maybe throw a little bonus in there once, you know, it starts paying off or whatever, yeah, but yeah. Exactly. And the other big thing too, though, is, is what you guys are doing. And again, I, I want to keep touching on you guys as a whole in Montreal because you can really see the development happening, but you said it. you're getting the same group back. And when you talk about what the CFL is now, right? Like there's obviously going to be those additions, like you just said, but when you talk about the CFL now, it's one year contract and now it's a, it's a whole new offense or it's a whole new defense or it's a whole new team. You know yeah. what I mean? Like to keep guys together, that's, that's huge. Right. Like you said, with, with Gino and then with Jake, like stand back, coming back, like, I think that's another big problem where these offenses are seeing a drop because, and you tell me if I'm right or wrong, but trying to be a quarterback and be like looking out there day one going, Oh, what's his name again? Oh, what's his name again? How's he run that? What, you know what I mean? That's not right. That's not good for time and for anything. So it, how important is it to get all those guys back? And are you a part of that at all at recruiting process, trying to get those guys back or is it just kind of fall where they may and, do you got to do no yeah definitely man you, you the game is about having that chemistry like you said so I definitely want to get my again especially when you have guys like Jake and Gino who lead the league who are top three or top four in every category receptions touchdowns yards I don't want them going anywhere you know what I'm saying yeah. so I'm like okay. come on like let's get you guys back do whatever we need to do get you guys back stand back you know I think is the best running back in the league getting him back um, and then most of my old linemen just, yeah, man, you get that chemistry, man. And we've been with Kahari the last few years, you know, it, it's real big, you know, um, but I think while the offensive play was down last year, I, it, it's hard. We, we was off a whole year. You know what I'm saying? I think, and y'all might disagree with me, but defense is a lot easier. You cover three or hold, cut, man, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Get your zone or stick your man. Us, I don't know. Got... Like, VA Mike always makes it seem really special and complicated. Every time <laughs> I talk to him. Like, oh, we're doing match and we're doing it one side here. Hey, one side. Zone or man. You either follow your man to the bathroom or you in this zone. That's it. The office, you got to, oh, we got adjustments on this, but if it's this coverage, if it's cover zero, he snaps it off. If it's this coverage, you work this side. You know what I'm saying? It's just a lot of, and just having that year off of just not, getting rushed at, at as you know we just throwing seven on seven just one-on-ones no rush but now 
we're getting rushed again. And it's been over a year. So I think that was that. But I think this is the year where we get the full 18 games again. You're going to start seeing those 4,000, 5,000 yard quarterbacks. And I'm going to be one of them. <laughs> yeah. And that's just throwing too. So we'll see what goes on rushing as well. Yeah. But it, what is cool to see though, is, you know, with your guys offense, what it kind of has molded into, right? Like there's at least from an outsider perspective and watching film, it's moved to what looks like, Hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to use what VA has and we're going to maximize this. And what you ended up seeing that ended up working for you guys pretty well um, was a lot of two back stuff. Right. And you know what? We'll, we'll protect them. We'll run these elaborate downfield routes, but we'll give them time. And he'll he'll give himself time too. And was that hey, was that you going into the coach's office and be like, hey, let's think of doing this. I'm a little more comfortable with this, or is this Kyrie just saying, listen, this is what I think is going to work out. This is what I think is going to be best, or is it a little bit of mix of those? Because you know you really saw it develop, and then that's when we were like, okay, this this offense is different than most. You know what I mean? And I think what they're doing is they're trying to say, okay, how are we going to get VA to be the best VA possible? And it was working, right? But who was that? Was that you? Was that Kari? Was it both? No, to start off, it was definitely Kahari. You know what I'm saying? He saw that, you know, we were better. Like, we, our mirror routes, we were good. Like, we had, we were protected. We knew we were going to win on our mirror routes. You know what I'm saying? And um, he might have got away from it a little bit, I think, like, two games later. And I came up to him, like, hey, coach, let's get back to that two-back, that base, that base. And let's protect and. If the running backs get out late, they get out late. But let's protect and then let, let's go downfield. Let, let's take these shots. So we definitely started with the heart. Yeah, because that was that was cool to see. Yeah, I got a, a quick follow up for you on that one, VA, is that like I <laughs> I remember at one point in the season, uh, I don't even know if I was calling your game or not, but I was I talked to Kahari about this and he said, like VA is so especially so athletic. He's got this big arm. We love throwing it down the field and it, it makes our kind of what our team is about. But he said, sometimes I just need him to do the simple stuff. And he was like, we play this delicate balance, right? Between just do the simple, easy things and let you do the spectacular things. And trust me, when you're dancing people in the hole in Ottawa running for a touchdown and breaking ankles, I'm like, shit, nobody else in the league is doing that at quarterback. I don't care if Fajardo, anybody else that you talk about rushing. And I love that. But there was a touchdown that you threw. I think it was at home. I forget who it was against last year. And TSN cut to a shot of Kahari after you threw the touchdown. And it was like, the simplest little rub route mesh concept and the receiver walked in and it was because you put it just on him, let him up field. He turned up, walked in and Kahari ran out onto the field, like all fired up. Like, you know, it goes that face and he's like, that's what I'm talking about. And I was yeah. like, I'm like, it was the easiest thing in the world, but he loves seeing you execute. And it's a funny relationship to me because he knows you're going to do the spectacular stuff. There's a lot of quarterbacks and quarterback coaches and head coaches that have to drag the spectacular stuff out of their guys. And they know they're going to get the easy stuff, but you guys are the exact opposite. And I find that to be so much fun to watch. Yeah. You, you hit it right on the head, man. Kahari, a lot of times, a few times I'll be calling double moves and, and he don't call it, but his rule is if you call it, you better complete it like that. That's his thing. But yeah, you're exactly right. Like he just wants me to get those little things be consistent, taking what the defense is giving because those big plays are going to come. Like, you know, they're always going to come. I'm always But how do you know? How Because this is the thing that I, I love that is the torment of watching you play is that you know in your heart of hearts, almost like the way the NBA is transitioned to where it's like, hey, if we shoot 43 pointers in a game, we're more likely to win because we might only hit 10 shots, but those are worth more. 
when I watched you play, I'm like, I can feel the internal struggle in you where you're like, God, sometimes these unders are so effing boring. Like, I don't want to, I don't, I want to stare down the under and then I want to bring the free down on the dig and then I want to throw the backside post. Like, I can see your mind in games going, bah, bah, bah. and then sometimes you're like one to two to three and you're like, whatever, man, I'll just take the check down. Like, I, whatever, I got to get it out of my hand. And I'm like, how do you balance that? How do you know when to be the aggressor? It's just a feeling, man. It's just really a feeling when I know, like, we need a big play here. And I know we got a shot here. Um, you know, sometimes it helps, sometimes it doesn't. And, you know, like you said, we got the post and we got the, the dig. I know I want to take a shot here. My job is I'm going to try to bring daily down on that dig. I'm going to stare at that dig as hard as I can. And I'm just going to take a shot. I'm going to make sure my guy make a play one-on-one on the halfback. And, um, yeah, man, it's just a feeling, man. And but I really do need to do a better job of just still just taking those showers, taking them, taking them, taking my first read. A few times I did hold on to it too long, especially last year, and it just kind of messed me up. And uh, you know, plays turn bad sometimes. So just take them little ones because I know, like, I've been doing this, you know, the big plays been happening since since high school. You know what I'm saying? I've always been a scrambler. I don't like to scramble to run, I like to scramble to see what's going on. So I always tell the guys, when I'm running. Y'all just get open. Just get open because I'm not running to run. I want to throw that thing and see, hear the crowd go crazy. And that that's what I want. want. So, um, yeah, that, that's it. Love it. Yeah. So, listen, kind of transition a little bit because Marsh and I had an episode uh, last last week about social media stuff. And I wanted to get your take on it because you're one of the one of the players in the league that is pretty active on social media, right? You see you conversing with fans all the time, always tweeting something out there. You know what I mean? I want to get your take on if you think, you know, it's more hindrance or it's more of a help for football players. Because this my side of it is I believe it's huge for the self-brand of a football player. And I think, you know, if you're not using it for that, then you're kind of limiting yourself on, you know, whether it's getting a brand deal or, you know, getting free stuff, essentially, whatever it might be. But there's that other part of it where, and I think you got into it a little bit where it's like, you know, there's people talking out there constantly, right. Getting in your head and, and really frankly, people that don't know much about what's going on. Right. But they're talking and, and that thing pops up. So I want to kind of understand your aspect of it, because you are such an avid user. Do you think there is overall good for it? Or do you think that sometimes, you know, it's it's probably better to just get off and ignore it at this point? You know yeah, what absolutely. I mean? It goes both ways. It's like you said, it could be good like for the marketing and branding if you got a good following base and stuff like that. And then also, you know, you got a good following base. Everybody thinks differently. You know what I'm saying? That everybody's going to think the way I think. So yeah. I mean, trust me, I say some controversial stuff sometimes and uh, I, I can, I can get in trouble sometimes, you know, and, but, um, and I try to, I try to stay away from it. You know what I'm saying? It just sometimes stuff gets to me and I feel like sometimes I need to say something and um, you know, and so I guess I do, but yeah, it, it goes both ways. You just got to know, you got to know, how to use it. And for me, I'm still learning and trying to still just put out the best content and best everything for myself, but still just respect myself and understand it's a business and it's all about respect as well. And when, 
so for us, when whenever we usually step over the line, you know, Berkey, Berkey will end up. That's what we would have. Berkey would come up, give you the tap on the shoulder. Is that kind of does that same thing happen with you, or is that kind of a self policed on your end? I'll self police it first, but I got people in the organization telling me like, "Va just." Yeah, yeah, you're the quarterback, you know what I'm saying? And I I understand, like I said, I'll be I'll be feeling that like, hey, like I don't need to say nothing every time. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's just I don't know. It's just it's just in me. But I'm I'm working on it. I'm working on it and I'm trying to stay away from just reading people's stuff too, you know what I'm saying? Cause that's what like really gets to me, they they thoughts and stuff like that. And if, if I feel disrespected, you know what I'm saying? I don't really go, you know. I don't really care what, but if if I feel like you're disrespecting me and stuff, then that's when I feel like I need to, put, you know, say something sometimes. But I don't. And, I and you know what? It's one of those things where, you know, it, when when you see somebody speak up about it, you know what I mean, and say say something. Yeah, that you know, the maybe the public eye might say that's out of line, but you're kind of putting someone in their place. Mm-hmm. It's kind of refreshing to see. Because what is really expected of us a lot of the time is to, you know, shut your mouth, don't say anything, just take it on the chin, just social media. But it really isn't because I know, you know, like I was saying before, I watched your little offseason workout stuff that you had going on with the video and, you know, NFL versus CFL. And guess what? You're waking up every morning. You're going out there. You're running. You're throwing. You're watching film. Then you're spending time with the family. Then you're getting a good night's sleep and doing the same thing over again. So if somebody that doesn't know what they're talking about is going to say something about me, well, guess what? I might say something to you. So I kind of respect it, man. And that's why I wanted to get your, your perspective on it. Because when you see things happen like that and you see somebody say, Hey, you know what? You have no idea what you're talking about. It's nice. It's nice to see, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes, sir. But listen, man, I, 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 want to say that I can't wait to watch you for the rest of the season, right? To get that full 18 games in. Hopefully everything feels fantastic, right? Hopefully you feel great while you're out there. Um, but I, I can't wait to watch where you end up taking this because, you know, one more year experience, one more year in the same offense with the same people. It's a, uh, it's a lot of fun to watch and and you're one of the most fun to watch in this league right now. And, you know, the cool thing is, is everybody roots for you because I think, you know, you've been you've had enough of the teammates that are around the league and you're just one of the good guys, man. You're a good dude. So I cannot thank you enough for coming on this. And, you know, I really hope we see you again on here anytime. You're welcome. Uh, but we will definitely see you throwing, you know, a bunch of touchdowns, running for a bunch of touchdowns and celebrating and having fun. I know that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's right, man. And I just want to say thank you to you guys, man, for having me. Um, I want to say this, too. I remember when I wasn't playing as much, it might have been like my rookie or sophomore year. I remember I used to always like run on the field when we scored a touchdown or something like that. And I remember Marshall had tweeted out. He tweeted out one time. He was like, I just do not like this. Like, yeah, I mean, before I was anybody. It's funny I because I, I, I couldn't remember. I knew I tweeted it out as soon as you started saying that, but I couldn't remember whether it was me saying, like, I'm super anti against this. This is dumb. Or, wow, I love this energy. Because the funny thing is now, 
I've actually grown up enough to cover the CFL where I'm like, I actually would dig that if a dude did that now. So it shows that back then I was just being like an angry person for the hell of being an angry person, which is probably an evolution of social media as well. And see, this is, this is the guy I'm talking about that we got to get after when he says something like that. Don't let him get away with it. I'm sorry, GA. I'm sorry. (laughs) I remember all of it and I ain't holding nothing. I'm glad like, cause like I said, you, you know what I'm saying? I, I see what you be putting down. I'm like, he putting out real stuff. He know what he talking about. He break it down. He know what he talking about. But not, nah, I feel the same way. You know what I'm saying? I probably would have said the same thing. I wasn't doing nothing. I wasn't contributing. <laughs> I was just on the field talking smack. Just know doing what, what I do. Know what pisses so. me off about that, though, is that when I hear you say that, I hear you explaining somebody who sounds like an 80-year-old white journalist who <laughs> has been writing in the local newspaper for the last 90 years. And and he's just angry at the young guy. And I'm like, yeah. why was I angry about that? that why is he so happy? Yeah, exactly. Why is he happy about why, football? Why, why is, is he enjoying it? I have, yeah. uh, and, that, and that was part of it, too, dude. Like I said, I wasn't playing. I've been a starter my whole life. And yeah. now I'm on the bench. Now I'm like, I got to have fun with this. I got to enjoy this with my teammates. And especially if it was like my rookie year, we were probably only like 5 and 13. So we were losing every other game. So yeah. like, I had to just celebrate with the guys as much as I could. And uh so yeah, that that was that. But well, yeah, guys, again, thank you, thank you for having me, Marsh Daily. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, I was gonna say, you know, I've been throwing you flowers ever since. So now we're oh good, yeah, but, oh yeah, uh, <laughs> definitely, definitely. So I appreciate. Um, it sure. I actually I want to get you out of here on a couple of relatively rapid fire questions. Okay, okay. I want yeah. you to de- define for me in one word the following people: Kahari, motivator, Gino. Big dog. That's two words. <laughs> that works. Uh, Jake. Great human. <laughs> two words, but that's a, a great. And the last one is stand back. The beast. Yeah. Those are all two words, but beast. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm jealous that when you hand off, you get to turn around as you're bootlegging away and look in the hole and go, oh my God. Like it's just, that's one of the best feelings. I was watching film today of our first game last year. And we were playing Edmonton. And we were winning, so we were running the clock out. And he's still running full speed. He ran right through the safety. Bow! <laughs> safety getting up all slow. It's the fourth quarter, like two minutes ago. We up by 30 points. He's like, man, like, I still got to tackle this dude. Like, yeah, man, he, he's a beast, man. I'm just excited. Gonna be uh, a great year. And I got one more for you before I get to my favorite question of the interview, which is uh, I went back, you were talking about me breaking down the numbers and all the rest uh, and looked at yards in air average, right? You know that I look at this stuff and how aggressive guys are down the field. Um, The game that had the most combined air yards in 2021 was you and Calgary. Now the CFL average for yards in air per game, per, per single team, is 332 okay so teams throw it through the air for 332 yards attempted per game do you have any idea what your number was if you'd like to guess 332 is the league average this was the number one game of the year in terms of combined air yardage between you and calgary like 015 or something like that 705 yards uh, there were 700 attempted air yards in that game. So you had the highest combined between the two of you via mm-hmm. you, you accounted for 705 of them. Calgary accounted for 283 of the air yards in that game. 
it was almost it was almost it was ice in the shoulder after that one almost, huh? <laughs> it was almost 900 air yards and you were 700 of them what the hell is that man dude that was just one of those games <laughs> just out there trying to trying to have big plays trying to make big plays and that was sucks man that was a game i hate watching that film because we should have won that i i tricked it off a few times but yeah man just trying to just make big plays that's it you got them week one again so you can get after it there and then the last one i got for you is i want to know through your eyes i think it was just a scissors concept but the play that that sent you to ot in hamilton as the guy in the other box here on the other side of the zoom was sprinting over from free safety into an explosion of body parts that ends up becoming a montreal touchdown yeah, I love that I have you both in the Zoom because I was so ecstatic to ask this question of. I could tell you exactly what the play was. Okay. I know that. I was going to say I want to. <laughs> I'll let VA. I'll let VA do I want to know it from both of your sides here, and I'm going to piece this together with the video of the play because I love that I got you both here for it. Right. Um, so yeah, exactly what you said. It was a scissors concept to the boundary, and then on the field, Kahari totally made up this play. He was like, he was like. 32, da, 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 scissors, then D Connie. I'm like, we ain't never ran this, but okay. So we got Jake on the diagonal coming across, and we got um, Gino on the scissors and BJ clearing it out. The crazy thing about it is, I was throwing it to Jake. I'm looking, I'm dropping back, boom, I'm dropping back. I see Jake coming across. <laughs> I throw it. Here come Gino, here come Mike, boom. He went into Jake. Gino catch it out of nowhere. I'm like, oh, let's go, let's go. It was crazy, a three-man rush. I know they were all back there sitting to wait for it. And uh, Gino just made a really great play. I'm so pissed right now. I knew he was throwing it to Jake. Yeah. (gasps) I knew it. I was, so what I was, what what my responsibility was is I was essentially, and which is insane because what you don't see is you'll never see a scissors concept with a diagonal because they right. just get in the same spot, exactly. right? It just, you don't see that ever. So I'm sitting there and my rule is, okay, if three comes diagonal, I got them. So I'm sitting back there. I'm playing deep. It was deep. And uh, I see Jake coming up. I'm like, okay, here's the, here's a diagonal. Here he is probably looking for him. So I matched, matched him. And I was like, all right, here we go. I got him. I see VA step up and, as he's stepping up to throw, I see Jake. And then when I looked over this side and I saw the scissors coming and they were, I was kind of both in the same. So I had already matched with Jake and then VA threw it high. And I, I went to get up, Jake and I hit and looking back on film, Gino got up there. He got up <laughs> that's there. what he, that's what he does. But I, I was like, I came off as like, I thought he was throwing it to Jake. And then Gino <laughs> came out of nowhere. Well, collision of bodies. Yeah. It honestly reminded me of the Malcolm Butler interception that sealed the Super Bowl, where it's like the ball gets thrown. There's seven bodies. It feels like in one place there's an explosion. And I had no idea who had the ball or what was happening. And then Gino gets up and VA is like ripping off his helmet and celebrating. I'm like, oh, shit, oh, he caught God. that? Yeah, exactly. that's same thing <laughs> happened to me, too. Laying on the ground, got up, looked over, and I was like, did he catch did he catch that? And I'm like looking at everyone. I'm like, people are so yeah, he caught that. Jeez, you gotta be kidding me. That was that was crazy, man. That was awesome. It was, uh, 
That was that was a great game. I love yeah. that one. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I got it that out both, uh, both of you guys. But VA, you're the best, man. Stay healthy. Get yourself ready. And we're looking forward to seeing you back up north here coming up next month, okay? Yes, sir, man. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. See you, VA.